I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. We're having a good day today. Let me be the first to welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I am not a doctor psychiatrist. If you're starting to be diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I'll always be based on my experiences. I also do on the right to the intro and outro. They were both found HTTPS MP3 download dot two slash 18EN slash XFIJ1M BFOA dot four dot HTML. I also have a mission statement like to reveal with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks Rolls is to take the negative stigma off of autism and other conditions. People on the spectrum are not broken. Those who have abilities or conditions don't have to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some pay for the following. It is important to acknowledge my hometown, the city of Bloomington, Indiana. I think this city is remarkable and beautiful in its own way. Since 1825, Bloomington, Indiana has served its community with the most significant degree of dedication. Visit Bloomington, Indiana and check out what the good old Hoosiers have to offer there. Also, Bloomington-based Reach High Consulting offers excellent ABA therapy from children ages 2 to 8 who have autism. They strive to improve the quality of life of their people, their clients, and their field by being better today than they were yesterday. Visit ReachHighConsulting.org or call 812-330-4460 to learn more. Also, we have non-medical home cares, our specialty in Indiana, called Living Well Home Care. They serve 41 counties. We assist people with the daily activities of living in their homes in order to enable them to live independently and safely. The assistance may include cooking, cleaning, running errands, bathing and dressing, laundry assistance, and medication reminders. Visit our Facebook page for more information. And for more information, visit livingwellhomecare.agency. Since 1999, they've been serving our local community, so please join them. There are some people I'd like to thank. First, I must thank Raven for being my guest. And C207, what about WWE's Raven for more information? But what a great guy and an interpersonal man with very insightful information. You rock, bro. Also, ARAR has experienced some highs and lows in his personal lives. I have unfortunately lost my cousin, Donnie Baker, and I just want to commend him for all the times we had together. We'll talk again soon, man. However, on the flip side, I got to see most of my friends graduate. I am so proud of the following people. Aaron Dwyer, Alyssa Michael, Ayn Sparks, Savannah Neal, and Brent Adcock. Thank you all for being behind me. There are not enough words to describe how thankful I am for you. And some exciting news is that I did my other speaking event at PodFest, where my time consisted of having a booth, giving a five-minute talk, and being on a panel. Thank you to everyone I met, but especially to Wendy Brandt for inviting me. Also, as of now, through Melissa Sexton, Naomi B. Sweezy, through Hands and Autism, we have decided to give them a $1,000 check-in person. We are very excited to do this, and we are just thankful for the work they do. And finally, since the last episode, I have been on all of these three podcasts. I was on the Gems podcast with Nice Armies Kemp, the Vice podcast with Kyle Yates, and the Misfits Heroes podcast with Chris Sater-White. These are all great podcasts. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to hear an ad from CPA Tax Service, so let's get to it. Stephen R. Miller, CPA in Bloomington, Indiana, will take the stress out of your tax preparation and filing. With over 35 years of experience, he is knowledgeable, friendly, and will help you reach your goals of minimizing your taxes without having to spend days reading through dry, technical, and difficult materials. Mr. Miller will prepare your forms and meet with you prior to filing to make sure that you know what to do and when to do it. Stephen Miller and Assistant Angel Shearer will make sure your tax prep is easy. See them today at 205 North College Avenue in Bloomington, Indiana. Tax season is right now and not around the corner. Call Stephen Angel at 812-332-0557 or email at 
stmillercpa at gmail.com. Do it now, and don't wait until the last minute to do your taxes. All right, folks, we're back, and yes, please check them out, because they will for sure help you with your taxes. Now, I am sure this episode will be filled with laughter, because we have comedian and actor Judy Gold on Autism Rocks and Rolls. She has made many appearances on shows such as True TV Presents World's Dumbest, The Drew Carey Show, and even Law & Order. Judy has also won two Daytime Emmy Awards for her work on The Rosie O'Donnell Show. We are also alike because we are both mental health advocates, and have been bullied throughout our lives for different reasons. We have even battled anxiety and depression. So please help me welcome Miss Gold to Autism Rocks and Rolls. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I'm happy that you are here too. Now, I do want to talk about you winning two daytime Emmy Awards for the Rosie O'Donnell show. So what did you feel when you heard that you won the awards? It's funny. It was so long ago. It was I think 98, maybe 90. Yeah, I think 1998 or 97. I don't remember. But all I know is that it was a group of us. We won the award, the producers and the writers, mostly the producers, but I did both. I did writing and producing. And so I remember we were at, I think it was at Radio City Music Hall. And it wasn't as if I won. It was like the whole staff one of producers i remember feeling because i had won the cable ace award for my comedy special a couple years before and that was just for something i did and it's so much different winning an award as a part of a group it was in a way you thought that it's so much nicer when it's a group effort. i mean look i'm not complaining if i won on my own it's sort of more embarrassing, like, am I really better than all these other people? But The Rosie O'Donnell Show was such a phenomenon, and people just love that show so much. And being up there with the people that you work with every day, it was really extra special. I remember sitting there, and then they called the show, and we all ran up there like, oh my god, we did it! We all did this! It's really such a great feeling. But that it's like, I hate award feeling. shows. Oh, you're like someone I you're like another celebrity I know, let's put it that way. Uh-oh. Eminem. Oh, you know what the thing is, though, Sam? It's like, you're the best. It's like, who decides that? Like certain people. And especially with comedy, because comedy is so subjective. It's like, it's a taste. It's a sense of humor. So it's like, you could love sarcasm and you could love physical comedy and someone else could hate that. So it's like, who's judging? Right. And my way of comedy is, I'll be honest, I don't say things funny. I do things funny. Like, I'll wear right. a dress and not care. Like, that's right. how I am. Yeah, I won't wear a dress, Sam, because I do care and I hate wearing dresses. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't bring you any blue dresses or anything like that. So Thank you. I know. Thank that you. Now. You know, I used Note to. Yourself. We. You can ask your mom. We used to have to wear dresses, and then all of a sudden we were allowed to wear pants. I'm sure your mom's younger than me, but whatever. I realized I'm much more comfortable in pants. Like, why do I have to? Because I'm female wear this certain thing it's ridiculous and so i have decided sam that you're going to be really proud of me i went to my niece's wedding and i wore a suit i wore a beautiful pantsuit and i was like so comfortable and happy and i'm done i'm done doing things that society says it has to be this way or the oh, highway yes i am that's what yeah. autism rocks and rolls encourages no it does not have to be this way there right. are ways around it we'll get to the way we want to do it but right it doesn't have to be the way society says, why are we doing it this way? This is where everyone else does it. Okay. Everyone else. But you don't want to be it. like everyone else. No, 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 no. We're our own selves. That's what yes. we are proud. That's what makes America beautiful, man. 
Yeah. And you have to be true to who you are. Now, I do want to talk to you about one of my favorite shows and how'd you get on there? So True TV presents World's Dumbest. Oh well, my God. How'd you get on there? The guy who executive produced it and thought it up and created it. He asked me to come in and do that. I remember it was so long ago. He called my manager. He's like, I'd love to have Judy on this. He, I think, handpicked all the comics. And I have to tell you, first of all, it was a fun show to do. And you would spend a few hours watching these clips and I would take like notes about all the things I thought that were so stupid about them. Then we'd go in and just film. What was great for me was my kids were younger. It kept me off the road. I didn't have to do as much road work because I was doing this show. It's crazy because there's so many copycat shows now. It got canceled and we haven't done it in so long. And yet other people have taken the idea, but also I kind of miss it, but we, we don't get residuals for it because it was on cable. Like right. it, the amount of time that they sh show those, can you imagine if we got residual payments? Oh my God, that right? Phenomenal. But I'll right. tell you this, my, there are two parts of that show I love. One of them, I don't know if you remember, but. These two idiots, I swear, it was part of competitions. It was like cheese rolling. They rolled down the cheese and you had to go down the hill. These guys oh, were yeah. running and busting their faces. And I just thought, yeah. really? Isn't it interesting that this is what people do in our country? And we wonder why we're in the situation we're in. Yeah, me too. That's what I wonder yeah. all the time. I think sometimes, yeah. well, America's going down the fumble train half the time. Right. Yeah, I will tell you this, though. I have to be honest. You are my second favorite, though. Brad beat you. I'm sorry. Okay. You know what, Sam? That's not fair. That is not fair. I made Brad funnier. So, sorry. I'm older than Brad. I know your mother likes me better than Brad, so I don't care about you. Of course you don't. Anyway, right. sorry. <laughs> but Brad was funny. So, let me ask, though. Just Brad was hilarious. Yeah. What is Brad like in real life? He's a good guy. Oh, he's he's so funny. He's like, talk about being true to who you are. He's just a really silly. I love silly. That's one of the things that I think is missing from people today. A lot of people take themselves way too seriously. And there's this idea that you can't be a silly adult like once you get to a certain age silliness is not acceptable yeah, and i, I have to say you. silliness to me is the funniest stuff it's like it's all the stuff that is inappropriate for your age group like i love that kind of stuff it's like who are you to say you know okay you're this age you can't laugh at this anymore you can't behave like this anymore i think if we were a little sillier we might all get along a lot better oh yeah we do that in the right car. practice I silliness that's what we 100% do every day. We make sure we have fun each day because life's yep. too short to not have fun. Well, also, you don't want to live in a world without laughter. I mean, now people are stopping themselves from laughing. Their instinct is to laugh, and then they're like, oh, right, not supposed to laugh at that. No, if you're laughing, you're supposed to be laughing. Right. I mean, I'm still 20 years old, and I still laugh at pee and poop jokes, honestly. Oh, please, so do I. <laughs> I'm 59. How, how old's Gina? 47. Oh, I hate you, Gina. I still love you. <laughs> All right, I love you. Even YouTube's going to be hard to control, I think, for this episode. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Now I talked to you about um, your podcast, Kill Me Now. So how did that start? Kill Me Now started. This was 2015. CBS was starting a podcasting network, and one of the guys over there who I knew, who's actually a dad at one of my kids' schools, 
was like, you would be perfect. And I had always thought about doing a podcast. I had a radio show for a while on Sirius XM. I love the format because A, I don't shut up. And B, it's radio, but less restricted. And I was like, if I'm going to do a podcast, I want to make it something that I'm passionate about, that other people are passionate about. My comedy, a lot of it is based in being completely aggravated at the way other people behave and how fucking stupid people are. They're so fucking stupid. And so, and they do stupid things and it aggravates me. And so, and a lot, so I thought multiple times a day, I say, kill me now because I am like, oh my God. Like yesterday we ordered food in, right? In New York. I don't know if you do this a lot where you are, but we ordered food in. I got this chicken souvlaki platter and they forget the pita. Now, like, listen, like your job is to put the food in the bag and it's you, the pita comes with the fucking thing. Like, and so I have to call them and be and like, all I was thinking about was dipping the pita in the tzatziki sauce, but I couldn't do it because some idiot didn't pay attention whose job is to put the food in the bag and probably does a thousand of these a day with the pita and forgets my pita. So, you know, I get really aggravated about stuff like that. make a script on like a full on just fledged like show about that. How I got aggravated over a pita. So I thought everyone gets really pissed off about something, but a lot of people are afraid to show their anger. So I thought I love people's stories. So I would interview people and I do a lot of research, a lot of research. And then I ask them what pisses them off. What makes them say, kill me now? Because that's something people are passionate about. And it is some passion. And that's what I do as a coping mechanism. Anything time I see something like really, really, really stupid, then I'm just like, well, I'm going to make fun of this for the rest of my life. And just for a laughter. And that is so true, Sam, because most comedians take their life experiences and do that. They switch it. Comedy is such a coping mechanism. It is because why be angry when you can turn it around and make it funny? Exactly. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're here and after the bluebird, but stay tuned. Have you ever wondered what is the most fun thing to do in Bloomington, Indiana? If you do not know, I have the answer for you because it is time to bring your best dance moves to the bluebird in Bloomington, Indiana. This rock club does not only host live music, but has karaoke nights as well. Please visit the Blue Bluebird at 216 North Walnut Street, Bloomington, Indiana, 4704. If you have any questions, please contact them at 812-336-398. I repeat, that is 812-336-398. Or leave them an email at their email address, daykubayak1 at gmail.com. That is spelled D-K-U-B-I-A-K-1 at gmail.com. This is the place to be if you want to have a great time. I can promise you that. All right, folks, I'm back. And yes, please check them out because I'm sure if you go to the Bluebird, you will fly high. Now, I do want to talk about, Judy, you have anxiety and depression. So what does having anxiety and depression mean to you? Sam, I also have ADHD. Woo, people! What does anxiety and depression mean to me? That's such a good question. It means that like any other illness, and I mean illness, physical illness, diabetes, osteoarthritis, any other physical malady or ailment. It's something that I have to live with and it is a part of who I am. I have to work on it. I have bad arthritis and I know 
okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't run on cement anymore. I have to buy certain types of shoes and do certain types of stretches and take care of my body in a different way now that I'm older. Anxiety and depression is something I've had my entire life, NADHD. People didn't talk about it when I was a kid. It's something that I acknowledge. It makes me who I am. You talked about coping mechanisms. I have my toolbox of coping mechanisms. And I think it's made me a better person because I think until I had a very bad clinical depression, I didn't really know why people harmed themselves or got to the point where they just didn't want to live anymore or any kind of that really deep, dark place. Until you've gone there or been there and gotten yourself out of it, I think it's really hard to understand. So after that happened, and plus my anxiety, it's like, why should I be ashamed? Because I have this chemical thing going on in my body. Other people are really hairy. No one says any, you know, it's it's part of who I am. And as a comic, I don't understand why people don't talk about things and don't share things because it makes the world a smaller place. It makes people feel less alone. And it's something I acknowledge. If I wake up and I am in a panic or I know I'm really anxious, I've done a lot of work to say, okay, Judy, it's a bad day. It's temporary. Let's open the toolbox. Let's sort of analyze this. Is this fear? Is this just, or is this real? And being able to forgive myself and work with myself and reach out, like reaching out is really great. There's other comics I will text and say, ugh, having a horrible day. And it's just to know you're not alone. So I think it's a big, huge part of who I am and I'm not ashamed of it. Oh, that's um, awesome. I'm very proud of you for not being ashamed of it. Thank you. Of thank course. you. It makes of me course. who I am. Uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of. That's what we got to break this stigma. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm not ashamed of having autism. Not at all. I mean, you shouldn't be. There's nothing to be ashamed of. That's who you are. Yeah, it's a part of me. Why be right. mad at it? Maybe it's a gift in some ways, because look what I can do. I'm a creative genius. Right. I try to be at least. You're doing something great. You're showing other people on the spectrum. Look, I have my own podcast. I do this. I do that. I love this. And you can be like, example, I'm gay, as you know. And when I came out on stage, I came out in the mid nineties because we had our first child. And I was like, every comic talks about their family. I'm going to talk about mine. And I was getting on stage talking about being a lesbian mom with this baby. Now I have two kids. They're 20 and 25. And I was not ashamed of that. That's how I was born. Why would I be ashamed of being anxious or having some sort of chemical imbalance? It makes me see the world the way I see it. It makes me a better person. Don't you think you're a better person? Yeah, I feel like I'm a better person because I can appreciate something right. about life more than I probably couldn't have if I didn't have autism. Right. You would see the world a completely different way. And the fact that you see the world the way you do and share that it makes people smarter and better and it makes them grow and be more understanding. It's great. What advice would you give to those who are battling anxiety and depression? How would you like, what would be some coping mechanisms you suggest to them? Uh, number one, reach out. There's a whole world out there that feels exactly the way you do. You're not alone. So number one, I would try to have them focus on the fact that they're not alone, that they're a hundred percent normal. This is normal. This is more prevalent than not prevalent, I think. And therapy, I think therapy, and there's all different kinds of therapy 
it's so important to find the right therapist and work through these issues and not blame yourself. Don't blame yourself. It's, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything. Like that's the one thing that people need to realize. Right. You didn't, they didn't do cause anything this. wrong. Right. You didn't cause this. And there's again, nothing to be ashamed of. So I think therapy is really important, all for medication. I'm all for exercise and meditation. Anything that helps you that doesn't harm you or anyone else, I'm all for that. And Find the right coping mechanism for yourself and right. a support system. Yeah. A support, you've got to have a support system. Everyone has to have one. They got to be at least that one person that you can go to. Right. You but only need one person. You do only need one person. That one person has your back. And if that's right, I'm, I'm going to make that person Gina. I'm, I'm changing my person to Gina. I'll be your person. Thanks, Gina. Now, I am interested. You're also, as you say, a mental health advocate. So I'm curious from your perspective, yeah. from Judy Gold, as a mental health advocate, why do you think it's important to practice good mental health every day? Because if you don't work on this, then you don't have the control. It's like any skill. You have to practice. If you want to play the piano, you have to practice. If you want to be great at that. If you want to have control of your mental health, you have to do certain things. I have a thyroid condition. I take a pill every morning for my thyroid condition. That's exactly how it should be for mental health. You do what you have to do. And number one, when you talk about being an activist or an advocate, talk about it, tell people, let people know, this is what I do, you could do this too. And you're not alone. No, that's what I think. That's what I think being, yeah. Reason we've heard it so many times. <sighs> it's just the power of that statement, really. It makes it. And also, relevant. yeah, right. And you don't need to be around people who don't get it. I think you have the obligation to take yourself out of a situation. If you can, that's bad. And if you can't reach out, there's the suicide hotline. There's so many online therapists. I know BetterHelp, which was a sponsor of my podcast, and actually a lot of people I know found therapists on BetterHelp. You know, there's groups and it's so easy to isolate yourself. But I think even though I have a love-hate relationship with social media, because it's like part of my job now, it's also makes the world smaller. It helps you find people who are like-minded and want to be helpful. And I think what you're doing, Sam, with this podcast, showing people, hey, I may be a little different than you, but it doesn't mean I can't be in this world with you and succeed. You don't have to be one way and the world would be such a boring place if everyone was the same. You're bringing a new perspective and one that other people need to hear. I agree with you because even though I'm autistic, that doesn't mean I'm confined to the bed. I still have friends. I have bad days like everyone else. Right. So I'm just and like you, you in a sense. It's exactly the same thing. And it makes you unique. Instead of calling it a disability, it's an ability. It's more of an ability. Because really you're, you're given a different map to create, to learn. And I think back to when I was a kid. I was just telling this to someone a couple of days ago. You know, you talked about being bullied. I was bullied. But all the kids that were different. Actually, speaking of bullying, I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, well, you just did, Sam. Gina, I know. I I'm know, done with I him. Did. Okay, anyway, what, Sam? Anyway, yeah. we both said we got bullied. You got bullied for your high. I got bullied for a different mind. But my question is, 
what advice would you give to those who have been bullied or, or, or who are being bullied right now? And how could they get through it? Or what steps could they do to know that, that it's not them, it's the other right. person? It's so funny because I've been in therapy since I'm 18 years old. So that's 41 years, people. 41 years. Okay. So I remember when I was growing up, and it, it was, Sam, when I say it was incessant, it was nonstop. I couldn't walk down the hallway. I couldn't walk into a classroom late. I couldn't do anything. It was constant, constant screaming at me, calling me names. And so my mother told me to ignore them. She would say, and I used to do this whole bit about my mother. I'd say, I'm, you know, they're all picking on me. And then she, <laughs> she would look up and say, Judith, don't worry about it. They're jealous of you. And it's her looking and just don't give them any attention. So I would practice this faking if I walked down the hall and I saw the bullies there, I'd be like, oh shit, I got to turn around. But we didn't have headphones or anything. So I'd have to pretend that I forgot something or oh, I was just not saying anything and trying to get myself out of the situation. But in my head, in my head, I had all these like retorts and things I wanted to say to them back. My therapist said, your mother was wrong. You should have stuck up for yourself because that's sort of where some of my sense of humor comes from. You know, when you're humiliated on a daily basis, you develop this, I guess it's armor. At this point, you can't say anything to me that I haven't heard before. Nothing you say is gonna hurt me. I've been there, I've done that. I think people, A, need to stick up for themselves or take themselves out of the bully situation and realize, I taught my kids I from the minute they went to school, if anyone is being bullied, you go and you stick up for them and you help them. And they were like, mommy, no one gets bullied in New York City. I'm like, whatever. Are um, you kidding me? Try that's again, what she, son. No, but th they were like, you know, some kids did, but it's not as prevalent as it is in small towns where they have nothing to think about. Because like in New York City, if you're odd, there's someone way more odd than you that you're not special because we there's so many odd people here. But the thing is that if you're being bullied, it's not going to be a forever. The bullies are the ones with the issues. I always taught my kids that if they're bullying, there's something going on in their house that they need. The fact that they need to go pick on someone like who, what kind of person gets up and decides, you know what, I'm going to go abuse this person. Like you must have so much misery. If I could go back, I would love to be like, what do you get out of this? Yeah. You know, like What's there's wrong, so many really, is there right. something wrong? Like, anything talk? wrong that you need to like focus on the fact that I'm really tall? Does it make you feel good about yourself? Like picking on me because I'm really tall? Is that is that how you get your self esteem? Well, have fun with that loser. Exactly. Wow. Wow. You called me a name. You're so great. You're so much better than me. You're so much smarter than me. You know, like that's what I learned in stand up. You know, you got to give it right back to them. I remember when I first started and they would always these guys because women were never on the same show two women and they would pull the mic stand really high or say that I'm tall or a lot of the time they would introduce me as a woman. Our next act is a woman. She's female. And I would get right on stage and I'd say, okay, that was your MC. Let's have, let's hear it for uh, Sam, your MC. He's a man. Uh, by the way, he has a penis and testicles and a scrotal sack. That is your MC who is male. And I would give it right back and they would never do it again. 
yeah, I'm tall. And if you want to call me Bigfoot and Sasquatch and Orca and whatever you want to do to torture me all day long, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> because there really is. There's a movie called Temple Grandin. That someone took the time, and I'm not kidding, to put bull testicles on her car. <laughs> when I see cars with testicles hanging down, what the fuck is that? Gina, can I get your input on that? I don't understand that. Yeah, that, well, I'll tell you what it was. Sam, are, yeah, do, not, do not edit this out. And I mean, anytime I talk in his podcast, we got to get the mic and he got a deal. He wants to edit it out. But no, well, I like Gina. <laughs> well, I love you. This is like the biggest treat for me. But oh. with Temple Grandin, so I'll tell you that really quick story. She has autism herself and she's a professor at Colorado State University. And she is a professor with animal science. And she has autism, but she is incredible. But she is an older woman. She's like, I think almost 70. So when she was doing her thing in the 60s, 70s, probably even the 80s, she said that it was harder to be a woman than it was to be autistic. Oh, absolutely. She was in the agricultural field and it was mostly men. So she went through horrible things. So like when Sam's saying they put the bull testicles on her car, that really happened. And like, what in the world? Like, why would you take the time to do that? that and that's my thought too. Right. It's so interesting when you think about it, like that's how you want to spend your time. That's what you want to do with your free time. Put bull testicles to make someone feel like if you're spending your time trying to make other people feel bad about themselves. Let's just this way. You need a life. Yeah. Talk about mental illness. That is mental illness. Right okay? there. There is some, I, wa- I was doing some <clears throat> research, you on the mental illness happy hour podcast, you talked about like the story with the bar mitzvah in eighth grade. And you said you felt humiliated. Why did you feel humiliated? I don't remember which story because there's so many. You said you weren't invited okay. to the bar mitzvah. I was invited. Was? I was sitting at a bar mitzvah. You know, you go to, I know you're not Jewish. So you go to Hebrew school, right? And you learn all this stuff. And then your bar, I don't know if you've been to a bar bat mitzvah. Have you? Um, I've heard of them. Gina, seriously, there's no Jews by you? What the hell is going on? Anyway, so you have to go to Hebrew school, you learn Hebrew, you, you, it's a big thing. It's a big, huge thing. It's a lot of work. Anyway, so you go to Hebrew school with these kids for years and years, and you invite them all to your bar and bat mitzvah, plus your family and friends, right? I remember I was, I mean, these are things that I can't believe I still remember. I'm sitting there and there's the row of my Hebrew school class sitting at bar mitzvah and one of the other girls comes in and goes down the row and asks everyone, did you get my invitation? Did you get my invitation? Did you get my invitation? And skips you. Skips me in front of everyone. It's like, you don't forget these things. You don't, I mean, and when you think back, who do you think the asshole is? The girl. But for me, it's like all of these slights prepared me for how cruel the world really is. These are the sick people. These are the ones who are truly sick. They really are. They yep. really are to take the time just to make someone feel stupid. Right. Take an hour. Why? Why, why, why? What is your reason? There has to be a reason down at the heart. I mean, although you don't admit it, there has to be. If you just break it down and there's a way to do that. There's a way to say to them, wow, do you, you feel good about yourself now? Did you get your jollies picking on me? Woo. You it, know, it and it surprises me and baffles me. I'll be honest with you. Right. Cause you would never do it. It's like, who does that? I once went and spoke to years ago. It's probably like 20 years ago, maybe more a bunch of tall, 
teens and they were all girls who were really tall. And I remember I was in this classroom and they wanted their mothers out of there so we could just really talk. And I really, I think I helped them just hearing from a person who went through this and they were so honest with me and you know they weren't athletic you know it's hard when you're really tall and you're not on the basketball team or the volleyball team or you're the guy everyone's going for yeah exactly and so it was really great to share that with these young women and when you look different when you are judged by i'm really tall i was six feet at 13. That's what you're judged at. Like, that's what you, you walk in a room. You can't help it. But people are like, oh, my God. You know, still people are like, oh, my God. I mean, I'll go on stage and I'll come off stage and people are like, oh, you are that tall. It's like, what? Duh. When that becomes your only identity, like that's how people judge you. It's more than that. You got to look. It's you, you got to look at the, the whole person. Look, look at a per It's a person. You're not the way you look. You're not. That's not who you are. No, you're not a wax dummy looking like this. Mm. Right. And also, it's not like I can do anything about it. This is my body, and I'm sorry you're short and feel the need to, like, tease me because you feel inadequate about yourself. Yeah. Now, Judy, these are for some fun questions. So okay. What, are, what is, like, your paradise meal or favorite food, and why is it your favorite? Yeah, I love food. My favorite food, first of all, I love challah bread more than anything in the entire world. That's another Jewish thing. And my mother's sweet and sour red cabbage, stuffed red cabbage, is so good, but she's dead, so I have to make it now. But my mother used to, for our birthdays, she would make our favorite meal, and mine was stuffed cabbage with sweet and sour red cabbage. Oh, so delicious. I love I, stuffed cabbage. I bet. That's probably, I try stuffed cabbage, and for me, it's just... It has no taste to it. Like okay, it's shut up. Mine's sour, sweet and sour, Sam. And you know what? It's kiss comfort my, food. Kiss my sweet and sour ass, right? <laughs> yeah, kiss it. Got it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is your favorite vacation that you've ever taken, and why did you enjoy that vacation very much? Oh, I hardly ever go on vacation. What's my favorite vacation? Well, you know, Elisa, my lover, and I, we went to Paris for her 50th. I shut my phone off. And we had such incredible meals. We went to all these museums. It was just so fun and no phone. That's a real vacation. So I loved Paris. Yeah, I'll um, be honest with you too. When I'm on vacation doing stuff, I am not on my phone. That's the key. Go on vacation. I can't stand the phones. I have to tell you that. I lived most of my life without a phone. It's a burden. Yeah, but then I, it, I, I'm kind of like neutral on that. I mean... It's a pain sometimes, but then at points it's helped me. Now, my final question is, are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, before you answer, I always like to end with a good memory that made you just feel good inside and a funny memory that made you laugh so hard and fall on the floor. Oh, my God. Gina, I know. help me out here, baby. I think my greatest memories... Honestly, and this is going to be make you want to vomit. My greatest memories are with my kids. I think if I had to pick one memory, we used to grab our bat and ball and also a basketball. My son plays college basketball. And we would go to like Central Park or to the park or any of the pocket parks in New York. And we would play, we would bring all this baseball stuff or softball stuff. And we found this tree in Central Park and we used to just play softball and everyone who we would just invite whoever was there to play with us and like have a picnic and those kinds of things are my favorite memories also bringing my kids to the playgrounds at the projects 
so they could learn how to play street ball. We would have so much fun. So I think all my favorite memories are definitely with my children, just playing outside, seriously, and, and Elisa as well. And then my funniest, is it something I did that was funny? It can be anything. You funny, the way, with your wife, with your kids. Okay, here's, answer it. here's one of my favorite funny memories. So I did a one-person show in New York called 25 Questions for a Jewish Mother, and I got a rave review in the New York Times. And my hometown paper in New Jersey did not give me a good review, probably because I talked about how much I hated growing up in New Jersey. But anyway, and I was at a photo shoot, and the publicist runs over to me after this New Jersey uh, review came out. She runs over to me. She's like, Judy, I have to talk to you. I have to talk to you. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, the reviewer from the New Jersey Star-Ledger, this is pre-cell phone, received a phone call from your mother. And I said, uh-huh. And she left a message. She can't call people who give you bad reviews. She can't do it. She's, you can't just call up and say. And so I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I called my mother. I said, Mom. Did you call the reviewer from the New York Jersey Star Ledger? Yes, I did. And leave him. Yes, I did. And I said, you can't do that. Oh, I can't. Why not? It has his phone number there. It says, if you have any questions or comments, you can call this number. I heard his opinion and I want him to hear mine. Uh, there's nothing wrong. And I was like, you know what? She's right. Yes, I already <laughs> like, love your mother. Like, I, I love my dad. mother. I told that at her, at her funeral. My mother. Already. My mother literally called the reviewer to tell him off. And my mother might not have hugged me enough or said I love you enough, but that is the biggest hug and the biggest I love you right there. She has and, her back at least. Yeah. Sometimes love doesn't be shown with physical touch. Well, Judy, I think that's all. Is there anything you'd like to promote, though, before we head out? So June 6th, actually. Is it June 6th? No. Okay, good job, Judy. Um, wait, let me look at my calendar. Don't go anywhere like you're going to go somewhere. Okay, so on June 16th, I am doing this panel online live about hate speech and what you can laugh at and what you can't laugh at for WNET. Then I am going to be performing at Montclair Pride, Montclair, New Jersey on June 11th. And then I am at the Art House in Provincetown, Massachusetts, starting June 24th. So, and you can go to my website, judygold.com. And all the information's there. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y. Right. I'll put that on the show Because I'm too. Jewish. All right. Well, thank you, Judy. Have a great day. Thank you for having me. I hope to meet you when I come back there. Gina, good job with your son. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please join me for another episode coming in very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. <laughs>